everybody, welcome to another Cornercast podcast here on casterscorner.com. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, our guest tonight, I've been talking about for a while, it's Dan Who Reviews uh, from the UK, which it's great to kind of expand the, the borders of what we're doing here on casterscorner.com and get a different perspective because there are some things that Dan brought up in, in our in our chat here that um, I didn't think about and it didn't really hit me. I knew there were differences in how we got toys um, here in, in the U.S. versus over there. And I don't know. It just didn't hit me as to how, I guess, how lucky we are to have so many options, even though we complain about them so, 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 so much. Um, you can follow Dan. Um, he is uh, on Twitter. He is Dan Who Reviews. Um, it's Dan Who on um, Instagram and Dan Who Reviews on on YouTube. Um, he does a lot of Marvel Legends, but he also does news, commentary, live, stuff like that. So definitely check him out. Um, it was great to get to know him. Um, we also kicked off on our YouTube channel tonight. We kicked off our first retro toy of the day. Um, I talk all about like why why I'm doing it, and and we hit the halfway point six months. I can't believe it. Um, in our daily YouTube uh, reviews, and so we're doing something a little bit different. We're taking a look at the earliest Masters of the Universe figures and some of their accessories. So check out that review and the story behind it as well as a full gallery on the website, casterscorner.com. You can follow us. Uh, we are at Casters Corner on all social media, as well as on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Casters Corner. And uh, yeah, so I'm just going to let the conversation speak for itself. I'm going to go do some editing, to throw up some pictures. We got a lot of content going up tonight. So I hope that you guys enjoy the newest podcast here on the Cornercast podcast. Remember to hit the subscribe button. Um, we really appreciate all of you subscribing. Um, the more of you that um, subscribe, uh, I'm just thinking I forgot to do that on my sign off for, for YouTube tonight. Um, the more of you that subscribe, the more cool things we get to do and we get to share them with you. And that's part of this journey. And um, it's it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Um reinventing what caster's corner is so i hope that you guys have been enjoying the podcast and 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 the youtube channel and and all the work all the work i've been doing to kind of just take in a different direction so remember to follow dan dan is uh dan who reviews on youtube it's dan who on instagram and dan who reviews on twitter we'll put links to that in the description so you can find them there um but without further ado it is me dan who reviews enjoy everybody looking through the interviews you know when hasbro does their interviews and stuff yes of course yes and then i did a deep dive on your youtube and when did you start like into this process of like wanting to put yourself out there like not just being a fan but like wanting to have engagement or or going out and being dan who uh okay let's go back (laughs) to the beginning um so just like everyone else i was a fan i was collecting probably not as heavily as I am now, because as you know, this community sucks you in so deep, yeah. but uh, I was casually picking up bits and bobs again because I wasn't as everyone. I had like a proper, I don't know, maybe 15 years where I maybe kept one or two bits in the back of a cupboard, but I wasn't displaying, I wasn't doing anything. And I was just distracted with other stuff. I was doing music before 
before mm-hmm. this. And like, that was my creative output, if you will, my do my music. But I was still a fan, in, and I was watching people like Shardamus and um, uh, Glenn Webb. I'm sure you must know yep. Glenn Webb. Yep. Yep, of course, yeah. And then Glenn Webb passed away um, um, in like the summer, like really unexpectedly. And it was like, it was weird because like when celebrities and stuff pass away, you're like, it's sad, but you have no connection. Oh, you froze. The time and gravitated to. So it's like, it actually it hit, hit me deeper than I thought. And I was like, oh, wow, like this is crazy. Um, so I was good to see him disappear. And then once, once obviously he was a little void, he left the gap within the UK market. Mm-hmm. And by no means did I think, oh, let me fill the gap Glenn left <laughs> and nothing like that at all. I can't replace what Glenn did. He was, a, he was a legend in his own right. But I thought it would still be fun to give the UK perspective on collecting because I was fans of all these channels like the Fusion, Shardamus, etc. But you'd always hear about Walmart and Target and Walgreens yeah. and stuff that I, I didn't personally relate to. Um, so I was like, it would be cool. I already had like the camera equipment, skills of editing. So I used all this doing music beforehand. So like I knew I already had the equipment. Mm-hmm. I already had the skills and like nobody in my sort of civilian life. I know that sounds weird, but you know, no, like, yeah. my friends, my friends closest to me, none of my family, like they're all fans of what's in pop culture. But if I wanted to talk about Bucky O'Hare or something like that, it'd be like, Oh yeah, that, that cartoon, but they wouldn't want to talk about the toys with me. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. so, yeah. so like I thought, as I said, inspired by Glenn Webb, make a YouTube um, and just sort of talk about what I'm passionate about with anyone who's willing to listen. For me, it was never a numbers game because if that's what you go into YouTube for, then you're in it for the wrong reasons because it's a long, hard slog. Um, so I just thought, put some stuff out there and like, it's just for, a way for me to vent, not vent, but you know, like if I get something new, I want to share that with someone. Yeah. I run to my girlfriend and wave a new figure at my girlfriend. She doesn't care. She's like, not another one. Do you know, like yeah. and I said, my, my friends closest to me, I play football and maybe play occasional bit of Warzone online. But, but, um, but even way back then, no one was interested. So for me, putting myself out there was more a case of trying to connect, trying to find people that had the same interests and hobbies. Mm-hmm. And then, and luckily for me, it, 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 it worked. But it, as I said, the YouTube channel itself was a consistent slog. But I always knew, like in, in just my normal work life or whatever I did, I always I understand the concept of starting at the bottom of the totem pole. Like yeah. no, no one goes straight to the top. So you gotta go, got to go in with the mentality, look, I'm at the bottom um, and just put in the work, put in the work, but don't fake it either. Do you know, like, I think yeah. people that fake, fake passion in this sort of world are very easy to spot. Um, so I thought, don't pretend to be anyone I'm not, just like put out what I'm passionate about. And that was, of course, Marvel Legends. That was my bread and butter. And I've tried to keep the channel that focused with Legends, but as I've sort of grew the community a little bit, I feel a little bit more comfortable now sharing other things and just mm-hmm. being a bit more open. But the channel itself, if I, if I put up a, a, a review that isn't Marvel Legends, for example, I know I'm going to hit about 300 views, which is fine, which is absolutely fine. But if I put out a Legends review, I know I'm going to be tipping the thousand plus. So it's it shows, I understand that the audience I've built for my YouTube is very much uh, Marvel Legends focused, which is absolutely fine, absolutely fine. But again, for me, YouTube isn't about numbers. If it was, I would have quit within the first six months. For me, it was just a place to share the things I'm passionate about. And uh, thankfully, because of doing this, I've ne- I've met people that I would consider friends mm-hmm. within this community. And some people I've never met, you know, like some people I've got friends from across the ponds and yeah. I'd consider them friends, but 
never met them in real life, which is weird. And even someone like Brandon, who I've been doing live streams with now for over a year, well, nearly a year, I only met him in person since lockdown all came to an end. You know, because mm-hmm. obviously it's been a bit awkward with uh, the restrictions and stuff with the pandemic. But uh, I've met him for the first time just in April, which was a bit weird. But when I met him, it wasn't awkward or anything like that. It was just as casual as it was on the stream, which is beautiful. So, um, yeah, YouTube's been fun. YouTube's been fun uh, in, 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 in unexpected ways as well, to be fair. Um, I didn't think to make as strong connections with people as I did. And mm-hmm. I didn't think people would be supportive as they are with my content as well. Like I've tried to uh, put, I, I'm, I like I'm at that place now where I'm not in a rush to put, make content and put, put it out there. First of all, obviously I've got a full-time job like everybody else. I've got mm-hmm. a girlfriend I need to keep happy. So I don't have as much free time as I would like to record as much stuff. So I try and record as much as I can in a, over the weekend and then trickle that out throughout the week if I can, just to try and keep some, constant content on the channel if you will yeah. um because if you disappear for a couple of weeks it's hard to build that back up people notice um so it's it's been fun it's been fun um but yeah that i guess that's the sort of mini story i guess so I, I appreciate you listening to me ramble <laughs> yeah no it's you know i I'll, I'll tell you i i do this i do podcasts with people that that do youtube channels and and do podcasts and things like that and i'm always amazed that it's it's I don't have as much heavy lifting <laughs> when I'm doing it with people that are, are constantly either on camera or on mic and know what they're doing. So you can ramble all you want to these questions because okay, it's, it's, it's welcome because I mean, I think that's what I, I think that's what my goal for, for the podcast at least is, is that to expose my audience, however small it is um, to new, to new people, because I, I think there is so much, um, Noise isn't the right word, but it kind of fits. There's so much noise out there for all this stuff that kind of sorting through it, sometimes curating it a little bit here or there helps people find new new people. Because I don't think I would have found you if it wasn't for like MCU Collector and some of the Hasbro interviews. Um, yeah. Because there's just so many so many channels out there. Um, yeah, I, I do the same thing with my stuff. I don't... I look for some numbers for me, but it's more for a means to an end. It's not like I want to be the biggest channel out there. I just want to mm-hmm. be able to do different things. And these yeah. platforms have put these requirements on it. So like it's my road to like a thousand for YouTube because I just started yeah. the channel, I think in December. So it's like my, my goal to get there so I can do stuff out of the house. I don't have to sit at a computer. I can do things mobily. Um, and I think with Instagram, it's the same thing. It's like, it's not so much about getting a bigger audience. Cause I think we're, we all look at toy shiz and our go, <laughs> how yeah, the yeah. hell did that happen? <laughs> and he's like, I've talked to him, we're friends. And I'm just like, dude, like what happened? Like how did he goes, I don't know. He goes, it <laughs> just happened. He goes, I don't like make an effort. I don't like go above, like, I don't go too far. I just do what I like to do. And I put it out there and, and it clicked, it clicked at the right time. I've literally just listened to your podcast with Toysha's and I've spoke to him a few times. What I like about him is that like he's, he's a, an, an enigma, Do you know, like yeah. where I very much put myself in front of camera, like people like my channel is called Dan who, Do you know, yeah. like the whole gimmick is Dan. It, everyone knows at least two Dan's in their life. Right. Yeah. So if I say, if you spoke to Dan recently, people go Dan who, <laughs> yeah. Right. So now if you hear the word Dan who you hopefully instantly think of me. So I'm like, flip reversed it on people that's where the dan who gimmick came from but my point is i've put myself out there on the channel so if people don't like me as a person right or whatever they don't like my um 
the way I present or just whatever. Just you can't please everyone. It's just the way it is. But if someone doesn't like me, they're not going to be a fan of my channel because I very much put myself out there. Where Toy Shears is like more of a brand. Yeah. He's built himself yeah. more of a brand. Like, so it doesn't really matter what you think about him as the person because he doesn't put too much out there. It's like he talks about the toys, which what people want to hear about. Right. And posts about the news, which people want to hear about. Do you know, so you know what you're getting. Yeah, if that makes sense. So I, I I like what he does. I like toy shows. Well, and he keeps up the an- anonymity too. Like when we go to cons and stuff, like he doesn't pose for pictures. Like we don't do live streams. Yes. Like we don't do that kind of stuff when we see each other. And it's this funny thing. I think he posted a picture at one point. We were at Toy Fair in New York. And he posted a picture and he put his logo over his face. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. okay, so you're just going to be the, the man behind I the curtain. I, I seen him in like the background of a couple of comic yeah. con videos and, and then maybe in talk or arts video. And when I'd see him, uh, I think he was like in the background of Born of Bugs videos as well. I'd message him going, ha ha, I've seen you. I know what you look like. Yeah. Just winding him up. Just saying I'm going to expose him. But uh, no, I, I like what he does. I'm a fan of him. And like you said, MCU Collector and Proud Lad Universe, the Fuse. Like, I, I'm a fan first and foremost yeah. of all these channels. Like I like... I feel privileged to be like, um, like even be on their radar, if that makes sense, you know? So, um, because for me, I'm, I'm not an idiot. I'm well aware I'm a small fish and Mm. especially in this very niche community, like it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to build when the fan base, like you're a niche, we're a niche of a niche, ain't we? We're like, we're fans and toy collectors, but then we're adult collectors and some people frown upon that or whatever. It's just the way of the world, unfortunately. Yeah. It's just the way it is. So like we're a niche of a niche. So it's hard to build. Um, so yeah, I feel privileged to even uh, be able to do interviews with the Marvel team and stuff. Like, that's crazy. I never thought when I started my channel that I'd actually be able to speak to the people that make the figures that I, I clearly love so much. It's, it's, it's a madness. Yeah. And, and you get, you get the sense from them, at least when I've done the interviews that, they they are as in it with us in a lot of different ways um th- their passion for it like we all have our thing right i don't i don't know which shelf is your favorite um off the top of my head i can't you know i i see x men i see avengers i see some mcu i see some villains and spider-man and stuff um but like you know they go in for their stuff like dwight dwight messaged me and was like how do you like your shirt or figure like, how do you, you know, what do you think about that? Because yeah. I was like, thank you for Happy Hogan, because I've been begging him for a yeah, while course, for that. Yeah. And then and then he responded with, you know, how, how do you like Surtur? And it was like, you know, they're just, they geek out about this stuff as, as much as I do or you do. And I think it might have been, it was either your interview with them or, or MCU Collectors, and they were talking in their last round, and they were talking about getting their stuff early um, and how they kind of play with... Um, how how they're kind of stuck in this position where they can show some stuff and they can't show other stuff and they have to make a figure to to put stuff out and that's why we don't get a correct Thanos till like three years after the film yeah. and um so it's an, it's an it's interesting to kind of get to know them too um so I guess all this stuff like you, you've built up where did it start for you. Um, because like you said, you had like this 15 year gap or this, this gap. I think we all go through that gap phase and it's usually for everyone. Yeah. Everyone said those teenage years where you're like, just don't, don't girl, I don't want to be seen. Gonna wanna, yeah, yeah. Girls I, ain't going to come back and want to see figures on the shelf or yeah. anything like that. So we kind of okay. clear out our deck. So what, what, where, what was your kind of like sweet spot for, for toys that kind of planted this seed that grew into to what I see behind you? 
I think it's like nostalgia. I, I say it all the time and people must get bored of hearing me say it, but like it is definitely the, the fire that keeps on burning. Like I, for me, and I've said it again plenty of times, it's about like, I'm a fan of toys. Of course, yeah. I'm a fan of action figures, but I'm a fan of what they represent as well. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like I like having pieces on my shelf that remind me of like, like just, just fun times. Like, yeah. like, you wouldn't put anything on your shelf that made you angry or upset. Well, that's stupid, would you? You put things on your shelf that make you smile and make you remember good times. And like, I just, I just love that element. So like, I think, yeah, as I said, I think the MCU kicking back off definitely because as I said, the, let's be honest, we're in the golden age of action figures right yeah. now. The last five years has been amazing and it's, it's staying good. Um, hopefully it doesn't dip for a while yet, but it, the, but it was never this good. So like, right. It was collecting. There wasn't as much available to us ten years ago as there is now. And like as I said, I think the MCU has a big, big role to play in that um, because they sort of made, uh, not, and not just the MCU, but probably they have a. There's no denying it. It's a big influence on pop culture and, and just zeitgeist in general. Mm-hmm. Just bringing superheroes into the fold and. Like with kids growing up with the, just think kids that were um, like maybe 10 years old when the MCU came out are now 20 years old. Right. So they've grew up with it. So they know. And then kid, the people who were 20 when it came out are now 30. Do you know, like, so it's a whole generation of people now have already grew up with the MCU and that whole culture of superheroes and is sort of normalized. And yeah, it's, it's great. It, yeah. The world's changed. Like, uh, I don't like using the word geek and nerd. I think they're outdated. I think they're old fashioned terms anymore. Like people used to use those terms to try and piss someone off, to try and tease them, to tease them. But that doesn't work anymore. Like people are happy to be called, called those words. And like, like you're like people with knowledge about comic books and stuff. Now are looked upon like gurus. You're like, wow, you know all of this. Like, tell me more, teach me. (laughs) You know where 15 years ago was not like that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So the, the world has changed for good for the, for the better. Like, like, um, yeah, it's fun living in 2021. Like, well, it wasn't as fun as living in 2020, I'll tell you that. But hopefully we're getting to the end of the tunnel now and uh, within the world. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's I don't know, just good times now. Like, I feel, I don't feel no shame. Like, my friends, I don't post anything. Like, my to YouTube, for example, it's right. not something I'd post on my Facebook where all my friends and family are because I know they, they don't care. So like, why would you put something in someone's nose that don't care? If that makes sense. That's why I made a separate YouTube, uh, separate Instagram, for example. Mm-hmm. But now I don't even post. I haven't posted anything on my private uh, Instagram in like two years. I just don't care anymore. Like yeah. now my, 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 it's Dan Hill Instagram is my Instagram. My other one's just a, a bit of a past. Like it's weird how you sort of transition over. Um, but yeah, weird times. But, gr- but growing, well, what I want to know is growing up, like what? What was the action figure stuff? What were what were the toys that that got you into this? Um, uh, okay, so I I think I think if I was in a psychiatrist now and I was sitting back on a long, you know, one of those long chairs, <laughs> sat back with my legs Chase up, lounge, yeah, yeah, yeah and they were asking me where did this all start? I'd say like I'm the oldest of three. Uh, uh, there's four, four, four. My mom's got four boys. I'm the oldest. So I've got mm-hmm. three little brothers. So like, and they were always uh, quite close in your age to me a couple like um i'm 33 i think one of my brothers is 30 the other one's like 28 and then the other one's in his early 20s Do you know so there was my my parents were constantly distracted with the next kid the next kid mm-hmm. and they were they were a bit more troublemakers than me as well where i was very much independent so like playing with toys growing up was like my escape like right. 
uh, Action Men, which was G.I. Joe, but in mm. the UK it was called Action Man. Okay. Uh, so I, I had tons of Action Man as a kid. Uh, uh, stuff like the Kenner Alien toys, uh, the Jurassic Park Kenner stuff, okay. yep. um, that type of world. And even as a kid, I was so particular. Like my, my, my Action Men, because they were the 12 inch sort of doll type Action Men, I could transform them into the Power Rangers because the Power Rangers were like that bigger scale. Okay. And then my Kenner alien figures could play with my Kenner Jurassic Park figures because they were the same scale. But mm. at no point I would like, I would mess up the scales as a kid. I was very particular as in like, okay, these, these worlds can play together and these worlds can play together. So like, yeah, I loved all that as a kid. And as I mentioned, Bucky O'Hare and then other little random bits, but yeah, Power Rangers uh, was a big one as well. Uh, Action Man, G.I. Joe, Turtles, of course. Like mm. I grew up in the late, I was born late 80s. So I was sort of a kid during the Turtles Prime. Like when yeah. I was like, what, three, four, four five, years, yeah. all, all that was on the shelves at toy stores was uh, Turtles. So like I must have had so much of the Playmate stuff growing up as well. Um, and I had what, what annoys me now as an adult collector is seeing how valuable all this stuff is. And I knew at some point my mum <laughs> flogged it or give it away to my ungrateful cousins or something like that. And I'm like, I lost this fortune that was in my mum's attic. Um, it's, it's interesting to hear you say that because my, my initial thought was, I wonder if those toys, because I, I, was, I was probably about a, a generation before you. So I was born in the late 70s. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I came up like when when I was of age to buy toys was like the birth of He Man and then the birth of Transformers okay. and then the birth of Thundercats. Like, so yes. it was like this slow build of like every year there was a new thing that you just kind of. And I was just thinking, I'm like, is it really that hard to track down like ninety one, ninety two Power Rangers? Like, are they really like are they? Are they holding court with with you know the 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 GI Joes of 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 the eighties? Um, because I would I would imagine they they haven't hit that that level yet. Um, I could be wrong because I don't I, see Power Rangers were just at that point that that was my leaving point where like I made a decision where I remember being in a Toys R Us and seeing Power Rangers and then I see Batman the animated series and my friends in school were talking about Batman the animated series, but not talking about power Rangers. So it was that shift where I was like, all right, I'm going to buy those. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not going to get into power Rangers because I got Voltron. I don't need power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but is it, are you going back and doing some of that vintage look, looking for vintage stuff or? Yeah, of, of course. Like, like most adult collectors now you start off by like the new stuff is great, but you start off by wanting to pick up the pieces, you know, you had as a kid yeah. and like rebuilding those collections as a kid. So I've went back and got all the Kenner alien figures on card. Oh, nice. card. Um, so I've got all the humans, all the aliens. I think I'm just missing two of the vehicles, but I haven't found them as minty as I'd like. Um, but that's like a little side product. See, that's something I wouldn't, I don't even promote on my channel or anything. Because yeah. I know, I know people that the audience I've built may not particularly care. So like, that's a little side project for myself. Uh, some of the bookie O'Hare stuff I've went back and brought. Uh, some of, I've got a box of old uh, action man figures and stuff because I, I, I did obviously go back when I got back into collecting, I did go to my parents' house and go like, have you got anything left? <laughs> and they, no, it's no. all gone. Like my parents didn't care. But like, like you were saying with the Power Rangers getting harder to find. Just think, if we were, you're in the late 80s, you're born in the late 80s, you play with, play with those toys in the early 90s. By the time the early 2000s come around, we're still not in that culture of collecting and 
like as popular as it is. So people ain't going on eBay as much. You know, you can yeah. probably get things cheaper. But now with the generations growing up now, as I said, the last 10 years have been crazy. It's more normalized to go back and buy that stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're, for us, we probably got collecting again in our, I don't know, late 20s or mid 20s to late 20s where you're like, oh, do you know what? I'm doing this for me. I don't care what you get. You just hit that wall where you don't care yeah. what anyone thinks anymore. Everyone does it. Like you, you're self-conscious for a while, but then you hit that wall. You're like, I, I, it doesn't matter anymore. This is what I like. Yeah. Where I think that age is slowly getting shorter, like younger. So now you'll get kids that are uh, young people in as early as their early 20s with a shelf at work with some of their favorite action figures on and it'd be normal. Where for us, we were probably still hiding that yeah. passion in our early yeah. 20s. So I do think as time goes on, that gap between collecting, because everyone says there's 30 years is that sweet spot in regards to nostalgia and uh, value of stuff. Like you, As soon as something hits 30 years old, that's when it's at its peak of nostalgia um, because that 30-year-old person now was probably 10 when they were a kid or that 40-year-old person now is 10 when they were a kid. Or whatever. There's yeah. that weird sweet spot and I think that sweet spot is slowly getting smaller and smaller. Um uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's fun. It's, it's fun though right now. <clears throat> it's it's also this weird spot too where I think I think the 80s people put stuff out in like normal quantities or what what the consumers needed. Like it didn't feel like there was a glut as far as like what was left on the shelf. Like things sold out, yeah. things kind of moved. Um I think when you got into the late 80s and 90s cuz you saw it in the comic books too where it was just yeah. like let's how much stuff can you put out like how many more things can you put out and so like the, there might there could be a little bit i mean look at the power of the force um from star wars like oh, yeah they still shut and sit on shelves don't yeah, they yeah they're like a bucket bucket figure set yeah. some places so it's this interesting kind of switch where there wasn't a lot and i think even though we're in the golden age i think people that are the, the collectors that are being birthed now, like they're yeah. getting that bug now. I wonder how hard it's going to be for them because at least here um, for, for like legends, like the bad guys wave for, yep. for us to go shopping at target or Walmart, we're going to see a full wave twice and then that's it. So the, it's clear. The production numbers are, are in some ways down a little bit or more focused. So I wonder how that's going to impact you know, the next generation of collectors. Well, it's, as I said, I'm always very curious what the next generation is going to be like, because when we were young, there was no, we had less distractions, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the internet weren't around, play, uh, Playstations and Xboxes and Game Boys and iPhones and smartphones, all of that wasn't around. Yeah. So like when we were kids, it was either play outside or play with your toys. Yeah. And like living in England, trust me, you didn't want to play outside a lot because it's always raining. <laughs> you know, like, so you played inside in the warm with your toys. So now kids growing up, I've got like nieces and nephews that know how to use a, an iPad and they're like three or four years old. It's crazy. Yeah. It's mad. Like I didn't, I, can't, I can remember still getting my first Game Boy, which was a big chunky yeah. block Game Boy yeah. playing Tetris on, which was mind blowing. Like, it was. It's like, but so kids now are like spoiled, and but it's not their fault. They don't know any different. It's just the way times change. And even with collecting is different. Back in the day, we didn't know what was coming out. We'd go to Toys R Us and like see things for the very first time. Where now that doesn't happen anymore because of the internet and just like it's a weird. It's so different now. And if, in a way, I feel like your generation and mine are the last of its kind and so lucky to experience the 
and, and digest the things we love the way we did, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And the people that are making toys now are the people like us that grew up right. then. So they know exactly what we want. Like when I was a kid, I got the <clears throat> Playmates Turtle stuff and it would always bug me. Like as a kid, even as a kid, I remember this, that the Playmates Turtles toys wouldn't match the characters I seen on the cartoon. Yeah. So I would have all the VHS tapes. I loved the cartoon as a kid. That was like my Netflix as a kid was the Turtle VHS tapes. I couldn't yeah. go on Netflix. I couldn't stream. I just had the same couple of VHS tapes I'd watch over and over and over yeah. again. And it would bug me that the toys I had were the same character name, but they didn't match what I seen on TV. So now as a 33-year-old man, I can buy NECA cartoon turtles that look exactly like the toy, uh, the, the the characters that I picture in my head yeah. when you say that character name out loud. So yeah, it's, it's crazy that, uh, we, as I said, we feel privileged. Look, we're in that sweet spot now. Um, but I am, like you said, always curious how that next generation is going to, is going to handle it. Is it going to be harder for them? Is it going to, is it going to, is it going to fizzle out? Do you know, like, I don't think it knows? will. I, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think the kids like us now that love collecting toys are, are still going to be there. Cause I have a friend who has two kids and one of them loves toys and the other one, eh, like he, he could take him or leave him. He's not as like, you know, consumed by it. Yeah. Like he's not doing the, the older one is doing, um, photography and he's dropping figures outside the window to catch them falling, you know, with cameras and stuff. So he's like doing that stuff and he's like, he's on the collecting path. Like there's something that yeah. that's in him. Um, and then others don't, but they said the same thing about, I hate to say it. Like, I felt like that was being said about me in the eighties when Nintendo came out, like, yeah. Oh, you're not, you know, you don't need toys anymore. Like you're going to play your video games. And I think video games replaced toys for me or action figures for me for a while because it was the acceptable um, thing for for boys to do or, or my yeah. group of friends. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you're going to go get this toy? Why don't you come play video games? Like, that was like, that That was one of the distractions that took me away for a while because I felt like I was I was more acceptable if I, you, if, you, I if I played video games. Your generation is in that... Like you said, you grew up in the 80s as a kid. Like you were in that generation as well where the way they even market toys was completely different. Like they'd make the toys first and then make the the material and the cartoons and the comics and all of that after the toys. The toys would be the driving force for the IP. Where now it's very, very, like I can't think of any modern examples where you see the toys first and then you see IP. So like, as I said, I think, you're that we're, we're that last generation that grew up and we're, as I said, privileged that we, that's how we experienced it. Um, it's amazing. But, uh, and it's well, amazing that, that you can say you say that and it's true. And, and yet they still didn't look like what they looked like on screen. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's, they had the toys there. <laughs> All they had to do was copy the design. Yeah. 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 No, you're, you're completely right. Especially with some of the He-Man stuff and that as well. I say that and I've got a, I've got Lino, the super seven Lino here on my shelf. Like I've got Marvel behind mm-hmm. me, like, and then in front of my camera, behind my camera, so people can't see it when I stream. But I've got like just random bits of everything out: Star Wars, Power Rangers, Turtles, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. loads of bits and bobs, DC wrestling. Um, He's so much. Yeah, I mean, I, and for me, it's it's Transformers now to be able to to look at look at the toy and go. Well, this looks like Optimus Prime. Or yeah. this looks like Bumblebee for the it first time in my life. It makes a difference, doesn't it? it? It makes a difference. It really does. Like I always say when in my reviews, <clears> when a figure 
has its mind. Like I always say my mind's eye, because when mm-hmm. someone says, if I said to you, uh, purple monkey, what's the first thing you think about? A purple monkey, yeah. right? So if someone says to me, Captain America or Iron Man, I everyone has their own mind's eye version of that character. And so for some people, it's a certain look. Or for Iron Man, for example, for some people, it's that modular armor from the eighty, uh, from the early nineties, where they on the computer games. And for yeah. other people, it's the golden age. You know, like everyone will have their own. Same with the X Men. Some people love the Jim Lee stuff. Some people prefer the Outback looks. Yeah. Everyone has their mind's eye version of a character. And for me, I love that we're now in this time where everyone can have what they like. There's a, there's something for everybody yeah. where that wasn't always the case. And it's still like, you can still can't please everyone, believe it or not, but uh, no. that's just, yeah. it's just, that's just human nature though. People are just, if, if something good happened to me today, I will probably tell you, I'll tell someone else. And that was it. But if something bad happened to me today, I'll be telling people for the rest of the week. Yeah. Do you know, like it's just unfortunately human nature. Like we're just, we like to vent and get rid of our negativity and the, the positive fizzles away a little bit quicker. So like, I think the toy community are a prime example of that where they're never happy. They're straight away moving on to the next thing rather enjoying what we've got right now. Well, I think there's so much too. I think that's a piece of it is like, we have so many options now that like it's, it's hard to kind of, it, it, it just feels like white noise at a certain point. Like spoil. It's just it's too much. Like I, I, I realized last night I was doing a review and I dropped something on the floor and I looked down and I was like, Oh crap, I still have not done <laughs> this review. And like it was supposed to be at the top of the list, but I it just kind of got pushed because new stuff came out, new stuff came out, and I'm like, I haven't even had a chance to even look at them. Like they're unboxed, they're in a box, they're ready for review, they're ready for the photos, but like I just haven't had time. I think there's just so much. It's a good problem to have. Like, don't get me wrong. It is a great problem to have. Um, but it's interesting, like, that, that, like, we're in the golden age. Everything's great. All these things look amazing. And yet we're still kind of like, yeah, no, what's the next thing? Like, like, we're always going, oh, Marvel, when are you going to do the next thing? Like, what's, yeah, what's yeah. coming next? Like, we're past well, it. I- well, as I said, I was, uh, even as a kid, I was uh, a stickler for scale. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about collecting now is that companies like Hasbro have so many IPs yeah. that they're releasing at the same sort of scale. Like you, we are like, I've got a shelf in front of me now with the Power Rangers and, and, and um, like uh, Star Wars and Marvel and they all are in, they're all streamlined. I they all look that. nice together. Yeah. And like, as a kid, that was the stuff I would get really frustrated at. I'd want my world to mix and mash, but I couldn't do it because they were all scales were all over the place. So like now, like like Hasbro putting out Power Rangers, Star Wars, Marvel, uh, Ghostbusters even, you know, yeah. like you can have all these different franchises that you love all streamlined within the same sort of world it's it's weird and like for us adult collectors like we're not sitting on the floor playing with toys anymore like but our way of playing with our figures in a way is is displaying them is posing them is building our displays like yeah i I, I will quite often like people will see the display and go isn't that a mess and i I love like just ripping it all down putting on a podcast or something like that and just sitting there listening to the podcast building the display back up you know like that's that's therapeutic to me that's like my me time that's my Mm -hmm. zen time and unless you're in this collecting world you just you just don't get it you just don't get it at all well i think for me too sometimes the zen time is is going out and looking like people think it's frustrating sometimes but sometimes those sometimes i'll drive for like I think I drove for two hours for some of the Clone Wars figures recently um, that just came out. And it was it was a nice drive. Like, 
and I yeah. got them. So I, I definitely came home happy, but it still was kind of like this, you know, you real you don't realize how much time you spend going looking for this stuff, which is, which is also time you get to yourself, which is nice because sometimes you don't get that if you're living with people, you know, if they're in your house and you get a little bit of a break and you can just, yeah, no, I, that, that's the stuff I'm jealous of. So from a UK perspective, mm-hmm. that's the type of stuff I cannot do. So like, we don't have like our main stores. So our versions of Target and um, Walmart mm-hmm. uh, and Walgreens are places like Asda, Tesco, Morrison's. These are our supermarkets and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We, they, their toy sections are so tiny and they're basically toy sections. When I say basic kids stuff, mm-hmm. no, no NECA, no Marvel Legends, no, no Power Rangers, no Star Wars. You just get like the 12 inch Titan stuff yeah. or a couple of wrestlers or random toy bits that I, I don't even know what they are. Do you know? Like, so mm-hmm. I get so jealous because I do exactly what you're talking about. I would get in my car yeah. and drive somewhere and go and buy it. Like we, we don't have that in the UK. We have a, we, I used to have a Toys R Us in, in my city, which was pretty nice, but it wouldn't, wouldn't even have anything anyway. Do you know? Like it would mm-hmm. be maybe four Marvel legends waves behind. Yeah. And then that Marvel Wed- legends wave would still be like full price when it's, Right. Like, you know, a year, year old it's yeah. like yeah it's like come on now so yeah we just i just i get so jealous like, i went to i've been privileged enough to go to america a couple of times with the missus and like mm-hmm. we were in care florida and we were on some strip and I, I remember getting the coach to the hotel and i would see walgreens like at every corner and like she had no idea but in my head i am planning a trip to every single one of these walgreens yeah. and, like she she still hates walgreens to this day because every time we'd find a walgreens or something i'd be going right we're going in we're going in <laughs> Uh, just because I never get to do that type yeah. of stuff over here, like, and we, we, it's a different experience collecting over here because like, we're lucky in some ways. Because GI Joe is a perfect example, source subject for some, but for us in the UK, we don't have targets, or right. so there's no there's no target exclusive. So for us, we have a couple of uh, really really good reliable online retailers, like sort of like Big Bag Toy Store and Dorkside and mm-hmm. places like that for you guys over there. For us in the UK, just think England is the smaller than certain states in america do you know yeah. where america's 50 states in england it's like we're like one isolated state so imagine big bad toy store but that only dealt with one state right do you know how perfect that would be like yeah you wouldn't, you, that's that's how we get it over here with the certain stores we've got places like in demand comic and cocktail star action figures kapow toys like these are places without these type of places i wouldn't have a collection yeah. because i can't i can't it doesn't matter how long i wait these toys would never appear in my right. retail stores. I have to go online to get them. Um, so it, we're lucky in some ways because I don't have to stress about going to 100 Targets trying, uh, trying to find my G.I. Joe. I can go, oh, Major Blood's in stock. Let me order two. One to keep, one to display. Do you know, like, yeah. and then some people get mad and it's like, look, that's just the way it is over here. And it's, yeah. and uh, because it's not worth for stores to have exclusives. It's not worth Hasbro to have exclusives over in the UK because right. we're, the, the order's, that Tesco example would make would be so minuscule. Like it's right. not worth doing an exclusive. There's no point where over there in the U S you've got 50 States with thousands of targets. Of yeah. course it's easier to do exclusives <clears throat> and without the exclusives, we probably wouldn't get as much. And I always try and say to people, it's like, would you rather have them? Would you rather not have any GI Joes or would you rather at least have a little bit of a chance of getting them by being exclusives? Do you know, like, yeah. Don't well, get me wrong. It's not an easy answer, but no, try and find the positive in it. It isn't. And and what I've been saying too is I've been talking to some industry people and one of the things is those contracts they make with Walmart and Target here in the US 
pay for the tooling yep. to be able to to make the parts. And if they didn't do that, then we wouldn't have as many figures because, yep. <clears throat> you know, Target paid for Major Blood, basically, like in a lot yep. of different ways. And so those kind of things are written in so that we can get... It's not so much like we get more. It's it's just that we get them at all because there's so much part reuse nowadays that being able to do that kind of stuff really kind of launches the line along. And I don't think their their intentions ever are to like, hey, we're gonna make this to screw over the fans. I think it's I don't think it's ever from that position. It's always from a position, hey, we want to make money, so you know we need to or you know sell as much as we can and and make as much as we can. So that people buy it. I think at the end of the line, it's still a business. So I always say it, it's, the to- it's the toy business at the yeah. end of the day. And like, we, we just think we live in this little pocket, this little niche toy community. So we have our ears to the ground. So like it, there, there's a, a, a large contingent of people moaning, but in the grand scheme of things, is it really a loud enough voice? Do you know, do you know what no. I mean? Like, like, but we think it's loud because we obviously are embedded in this community. So yeah. we see every other person complaining but in the grand scheme of things, is it really a bigger deal to the to the masses? Like because Target and Walmart toys for them is like I don't know a sliver, a sliver of their yeah. business. Do you know, like so we're lucky that they even make these orders at all. Like you said, yeah. So, but people don't ever see it from that perspective. They're just grown men that go, "Where are my toys?" And like I always say on my streams as well, I don't like um, hype fans. Do you know the sort of people who are just in Facebook groups and? They just buy a Marvel Legends wave to post pictures about it. But then they're in the next breath, they're selling that Marvel Legends wave at a loss to then fund the next Marvel Legends wave. And I'm like, I get everyone finds their own sort of fun within this hobby. But like, for me, that's like, what's the point in that? It's like some weird little hype train. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Or they, they sell it, they've opened it, they take pictures of it and then they sell it loose for the same price. And I'm like, um, that was a lot of effort for not like... (laughs) I don't, I don't get it. Um, but yeah, no, it's this weird, weird spot too. And, and, and like you said, like, are, are the voices loud enough or are there enough of them? And, and my aunt, my thing is like, you know, if you really wanted to make a change, there are ways to do it. We could, if we wanted to as collectors band together and say, Hey, we're not going to buy a target exclusive. We're just not going to do it. Yeah. The problem is as a collector, you always want the thing that somebody else doesn't have. Like there's, there's a little bit of that, right? Like you want, like your display is like what, what kids would look at or a lot of adults would look at and go, oh my God. Like it's, it's one of those things where you're like, you're trying to just find everything in it. It reminds me of like the Hasbro displays at, at San Diego. It's like, there's so much to unpack that it's like even hard to just, the only thing that's standing out to me is Nimrod because he's so different in color like he kind of (laughs) stands out so like it's him and cap shield on the other side of your shoulder that kind of (laughs) stands out to me and i'm like you know like we could band together and decide we're not going to do it and we're not going to put into it but at the end of the day somebody is and it's going to ruin it for us and i said if you really cared about this stuff and you really wanted to make a change there are ways to do it but nobody nobody wants to put in the effort they still want their stuff um at the end of the day and there's still a percentage of collectors that don't have an online presence. Like, right. as I said, like I put myself on, I made a YouTube channel and an Instagram just to share what I was 
passionate about and then as i said find some like-minded people and uh, luckily that's exactly what's happened is how we're talking right now yeah. you know but if there's other collectors out there that just collect privately they don't have an on they don't have an instagram they don't have for youtube they just collect and that's absolutely fine of course it is so like it doesn't matter how loud the community is that's online there's still a whole other section of the community out there that is just doing what they're going to do anyway like yeah it's, and it's, so it's hard to control the market if that makes sense yeah and and there's also not not all of us there are different levels of obsession right yeah like there are some people that go all right if i never get a major blood or if i never get a baroness that's fine i'm happy with duke and destro and i'm good like i don't need any more i got cobra commander i'm fine or same thing with star wars or, or marvel legends or whatever like hey i want an iron man i don't care which one it is i just want an iron man um, yeah. And then there's people like me that go, you know, I need one of everything <laughs> and yeah, it has yeah. to look the way it has to look. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, like yeah. you said, I need one to open and one to keep like, you know, there, there are those moments too. And I think we all collect in a different way. And I think a lot of that stuff doesn't take that, that kind of idea into account. I love having those collections with people, uh, those conversations with people in regards to their collections and displays, because there is no right or wrong answer to the question of like, how should you collect or right. what you sh- how should you display? You create your own rules and like nobody's rules are wrong. And the rules can be broken whenever you want because you created them. Like the amount of times I've said to myself, right, I'm only getting one of each character. That's all I need. And then the rule would change to, I'll get one of each character in, in each uniform or each outfit. And then the rules would change again to one. Maybe I need two of that character because he's in two different teams. Do you know, yeah. like, so you're constantly adapting and changing and like my dis- you could have the all the same figures and you probably do have all the same figures i've got on my display behind me but your display i'm completely different to me yeah which doesn't mean i'm right and you're wrong or you're right and i'm wrong it's just each to their own and that's what i love having those conversations and i love looking at other people's displays i get inspired by other people's displays going so why do you display him with that character and why is that person there and why yeah. have you got this like i love those type of conversations and getting in people's heads because it as you said it goes back to what even got us into it anyway like where's this where's the source for our passion and our love for all this stuff it's everyone pulls from different places well like and so i'll ask you so why why and i've always wanted to ask people that do it this way and i see a lot of people do it why do you why do you line them up that way like why do you why are they stacked and lined yeah so like i'm just i do mine like the school photo sort of pose okay. you know like your school yeah. your school class would all come and stand in a line and like sort of like one behind everyone's shoulder type thing and they're all tiered as well so like i, I if i was going to display those all dynamic posed i'd have less room first and foremost sure. and as i've said for me it's more about what they represent not so much how they're posed or anything like that mm-hmm. so that, this side of this side of me so for people who I can't see one side is like X-Men animated Jim Lee. So if like got all the characters from the main Jim Lee line, uh, Professor X in the middle with a main cast, and then it's sort of surrounded by the sort of side characters and the bad guys and whatnot. And then this side, the other side of me is like Spider-Man heavy. So you've got mm. Peter Parker in the middle with Jean Grey and uh, Mary Jane. And then you've got the Spider-Man's epic, probably one of the best road gallery in, in, in like comic history as yeah. it is is all around him and they were my two loves growing up this is what my first introduction to marvel before i ever picked up a comic or anything like that was these animated shows Mm -hmm. as a kid was the spider-man uh from the 90s and then the x-men from the 90s those two shows that's what got me into that was my first induction introduction to so many of these characters so as i was talking about earlier my mind's eye version of wolverine will always be the tiger stripe yellow blue black wolverine um as so 
yeah, that's sort of, they, they represent that world to me. So it's not too much about, oh, do I need to have Wolverine post up in a nice fighting pose? It's not about that. It's about having Wolverine on the shelf next to Cyclops and, and Rogue and Storm, because that's how I remember it. Yeah. And I, I, I just genuinely like the way this display looks in regards to them stacked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my, my, as I said, my preference. Uh, not saying it's the right way to display, but it, as I said, that's what we said. It's so magic is that it's how yeah. you want. Yeah, no, it's, it's, is, is Firestar next to, the thing fire starts right there. there okay yeah i picked her up, i've got so. a couple i've got a couple of flight stands mixed yep. in so like i get a couple of height but yeah there's so many characters like, like i'm i've literally just brought shelves I've, that, that's my last shelf of boxes down here <laughs> uh-huh. and i've just brought some new acrylic stands so i have to move these boxes out <laughs> so i've got more room because like my middle shelf that was meant to be just avengers and now i've got like the Troy Sentinel, I've got Frogman, I've got Modoc up there. Yeah, like it, they're just I've got so many coming out. I've got no place for them, so now I have to f- create more space. This room is tiny, by the way. Like <laughs> for anyone who seen my streams, it looks like I've got a very nice big display. But my room, I can literally touch either side of the wall with my arms sprayed out. So it's not not as epic. That's also another reason I have to keep everyone lined up in a row, mm-hmm. just so I get to display them all. So I'm trying to, as I said, I'm trying to. This game can get very expensive, and again, that's third world problems. I'm priv- I'm very lucky. Yeah. That I have a house, I have a car, I have a job, and I can buy essentially what I want to a certain extent. No kids yet. That's probably another advantage of being able to buy it anything I want. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, like uh, it, it's it's fun. But uh, I'm trying to have that rule where if I can't display it or I'm not going to display it, then why am I buying it? Do you know what's what, what's the point of buying something just to keep in a box and never look at? Like you know that that's an interesting perspective, and um, I can tell you from my own personal like I don't. I, I, I like dynamic stuff. Like I used, yeah. I used to do that. Like my, my old setup used to be just everybody on a shelf, just standing next to each other. And it, it was great. It was great to just walk in there and look around and just be like, wow, like this just looks really cool. And I got to a place where I think it was San Diego comic-con that kind of got me where they started doing Hasbro and, and Mattel to an extent. Um, and then NECA did too. They started doing the diorama pieces yeah, and that kind of bit the bug for me, and just said like, ah, uh, yeah. When when I have the space to display them, I want them dynamic, and so I got into army building, and so I've got yeah. boxes of aim soldiers, and I've got boxes of hydra soldiers, um, waiting for the opportunity <laughs> yeah, to, to be do. displayed. And and yeah. and for me, I I like doing some of the photography stuff, and. Right now, I don't have the space to to build a dio piece or to build like a little more display pieces for them. But I usually buy stuff knowing that at some point I will use them. Like I have the eye to kind of go through and and pick stuff. I trust me. I know exactly how you feel. Like I've got so much upstairs in boxes in my attic. I've got a nice big attic. Yeah, everything's all packed away in boxes because in my mind, just like you, I'm building a display in my brain that I'm yet to display. Yeah. Like, uh, I always say, like, I'm again, I love the dynamic displays and, and uh, the, like you said, the San Diego Comic-Con, so inspirational. And like, my, when I started my Instagram, I thought my Instagram was going to be me showing off my diodes because I love, there's so many creative corners of this hobby. Yeah. Like, you could take, you could be into ACBA on one side or you could be into just dio making on the other side. Or like, for me, my strength, I just love talking. I love sharing and talking yeah. about my toys and all of this stuff. Because again, there's no one, no one that lives in my house or or close to me that I can have these conversations with. Yeah. So for me, the internet is my 
out of my way of getting all this out, all this energy out of me. So I get my strength is talking. That's why I love doing the live streams and the reviews, because for me, it's ba- my reviews are basically me talking to myself as I open up a toy for the first time, yeah. rather than me sitting in silence, enjoying it. I can share it with whatever. So that's my strength. But other people like the amazing, his strength is a, clearly the ACBA. Like, yeah. So if you want ACBA, you go to the amazing. Yeah. And then there's other people that you go to just for the the dios and the 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 like. Uh, I remember, I remember, I loved watching Al Figures. I think it is on on mm-hmm. YouTube where he do the dios and stuff. Uh, and there's now loads of people that more dio makers now got a presence on YouTube, which is great. Um, so I love that there's these creative corners of the hobby. And like you, I I remember I built in when I lived on my own. I had shelves like this, but all the shelves, like I'm just lifting my camera up now to show you. Yep. There's that Hall of Armor display up there. Yep. So each one of my shelves, I'd built like a different type of display. Yeah. So I had one shelf, which was like the raft. So I'd yep. have all these prison cages with the oh, villain, awesome. just random villains in between. And that the prison would literally go all the way along. Uh-huh. Um, but as it's obviously as the display grew, I've had to pull out pieces and I've now just got boxes of random dio pieces in my garage. But the ultimate dream and the Sentinel, the Sentinel Haslab is the reason for this. <laughs> you know, like back in the, back in the day, like, uh, you'd see old people retired and they'd build like these massive epic train sets train in sets. their garages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right. So for us, our retirement is going to be like an epic diorama of like a, uh, a, a, an apocalyptic style yeah. city with our characters spread out and I'm going to have my Haslab Sentinels in the middle of it causing havoc and that's my retirement project I just mm. need to I just need to sort out the garage a little bit and I'll have space to do it but uh, yeah I trust me I completely get that whole creative vibe for it as well and I'm like you I've got tons upstairs just in my head I'm building the display I've just got no room for it yet well like I, I, I bought this guy just in case like <laughs> just, we don't know just in case the FOMO purchase we don't yeah. we don't know what this is yet um <laughs> we know the movie's way out of the way and so he probably won't be on shelf but I was like all right I need a dragon for Shang-Chi like we're, we're gonna go for it um I'm gonna pull out a thread that you just put out there um when you started the sentence you said my Haslab Sentinel and then yeah. about halfway through you said I can't wait to show my Sentinels so yeah. <laughs> my question to you is, <laughs> okay. how many did you buy? Yeah, it's it's not that extravagant. I got two. I got okay. two. I want I want three would have been the sweet spot because two for myself, and then that one because it's a Haslab Sentinel and and like it's like the like I always say it's clever. Like if I'm in if I'm an investor, right? If I played the stock market, if mm-hmm. I'm a guy on Wall Street, right, and I brought some stock and then I sold it a year later at a much higher price, you wouldn't say to me, ah. You scalper, you'd say no. you played you played the market gene. You're really yeah. well played. So I I've, I wanted to get an extra sentinel to play the market. Do you know, like because yeah. because toys is something I'm educated on. So like investing in toys and collectibles for me, I think is a clever idea rather than me investing money in things I don't know about. Right. So in my head, I wanted to buy three sentinels. Uh, two for myself and then one just to keep for a rainy day just to see how the market played but unfortunately Hasbro just keep hitting us with so much other stuff and NECA kept hitting us and Super 7 started trying so I couldn't commit to that third sentinel unfortunately so I got two but what okay. about yourself did you go for it? Yeah I went for it I I, I bought two my, my initial yeah. purchase was two and and my only reservation about it was the fact that if I had, I forget what they're called. Are they Sentinel Primes or are they whatever's coming with them? I'm like the Builder Figures pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. was like, well, 
All right, not the builder figures, the 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 figures, the single pack. Yes, like I can have Bastion, but I'm gonna have like one prime, one prime. Yeah, but I'll have two female primes. Like, yes, this is gonna look weird. (laughs) So I had it. I had a drink. On the night that it closed, and at eleven fifty-seven, I ordered my third one. Wow! <laughs> See, that I was literally like you. It was literally because it was on the Haslab uh, Hasbro Pulse UK didn't exist at the time, yeah. so it was on. A, it was on a website called Zavi. Yeah. Um. So I was literally lying. I remember just lying on my sofa, and it was literally the clock was ticking down, and I'm literally sat there messaging a few people, going, "Should I? Should I?" And people were like, "No, no, no! Don't do it! Don't do it!" And I was like, oh, "I so wanted to do it." And as soon as I didn't do it, I instantly regretted it. I was, yeah. but I was so close to getting that third one. Um, but like, it's such a it's such a huge commitment, isn't it? So like, I saw it's the not box. as yeah, that yeah. Box that Ryan held up. I'm like, oh my god, I got three of those coming to the I house. S- I, s- I said to the team, I said to the Has- uh, Hasbro team when I did my interview, I said that I'm going to let a homeless man have mine to to live in. Uh, you can have a little apartment out of it. Um, yeah, but yeah. No, it's going to be fun. And they're 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 funny too because I said it to Dwight in one of the interviews. He's like, "So how many did you get?" I go three. He goes, "That's all you bought." <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "I wanted five. What are you kidding me? I would have taken I a dozen of them, but I couldn't afford that." I was, but my, yeah, it's it's a money thing, isn't it? Yeah. My rationale was there was no San Diego Comic Con last year, and I I usually go to that, so I was like, I would have spent twelve hundred bucks on a hotel. Course, so yeah. I might as well just still spend the twelve hundred bucks just on Sentinels. Um, so you'll you'll have one for that rainy day. I'm opening all of it. Are you kidding me? Ah, good man, no, good man. No, good man, I good open man. everything. Yeah, good man, good man. The only time I don't open stuff is when uh, when I'm when I'm saving it or like my Mezcos. Like I buy the Mezco one twelves and I open them for review and then I rebox them because they're yeah. they're just too many small pieces and too delicate. So, um. So we're almost yeah, like, go ahead. I used to keep every box, by the way, used to, I used to have like a, when I lived on my own, yeah, I obviously could do that and no one could moan at me because right. it's my house, I could do what I want. But now I live with a missus. It's like, I've got a garage. Trust me. If I took a picture of my garage, I've got a corner of piles of empty boxes and I've told her, look, all of them are expendable. They can go in the bin one day, but yeah. right now we're not using our garage. It's not hurting anybody. Just leave them there, just in case. Just in case. Just in case. I, and I don't know why. Why is the just in case? There is no just in case. I'm just a hoarder, clearly, when it comes to this type of stuff. I, I keep uh, my yeah. I keep my statue boxes and I keep my like my Mezco boxes. Yeah, the expensive uh, stuff, the Mayfex, the Mezcos, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that type of stuff. That's yeah. understandable. Yeah. Um, but so we're uh, we're at the about the end of the hour. So um, tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Yes, beautiful. So I'm on YouTube at Dan Who Reviews, uh, and I'm also on Instagram at It's Dan Who. And they're the two places that you'll find me most active. I'm doing live streams every single Thursday uh, as well, which go and check out uh, your time zones, wherever they are in the world. But I'm live every Thursday. Um, and yeah, that, they're the two places you can find me. And I'm just, I'm just, just a collector enjoying this crazy toy community with everybody else. Thank you for taking the time today. It was great to talk and meet you finally because you know, I watch your stuff. I follow you on Instagram. And so it was nice to actually kind of have the conversation. And I'm I'm always curious to see how other people do things. And I have so many more questions. So I'll have you back at <laughs> oh, some no. point. No, no, 100%. You can, yeah. As I said, come and join me on one of my streams every now and then. As, yeah. as, well. as, I, said, I, as I said, I'm a fan first and foremost. Rather than a content creator, I'm a fan. If I wasn't creating content, I would still be 
listening to the podcast, watching the YouTube videos. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah. it's always a pleasure to have the opportunity to talk toys and yeah, like if, listening to other people's experiences and everyone's, except as I said, everyone does it a little bit different and it yeah. doesn't mean it's wrong. It's no. just it's their own experience. It's yeah. fun. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Not a problem. It's been fun. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by Jackson Studios. Jax!